What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. I just got off a call with Stephanie Betters. She is absolutely amazing. I love talking to her. She is just constantly dropping gold every time we talk. It's incredible. And she was talking about how her business is doing, a couple tips of what they did during the coronavirus that you guys can still take action on, and also what she's going to talk about at Flip Hacking Live. And I think her presentation is going to be uh, one of the most popular, if not the most popular this year, um, when it comes to dealing with spouses, partners, uh, uh, other people that are involved in your business, um, just figuring out how to navigate all that stuff. And um, it's, it's, I'm really excited about her presentation. I think it's going to help a lot of people. So stay tuned. We'll throw the music and then we'll jump right into my interview with Steph. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right. I am here with my friend, Stephanie Betters. And we did this like speaker hangout. It was, I don't know, we probably spent like over two hours together talking about Flip Hacking Live. Everybody spoke for about 10 or 15 minutes about what they're going to talk about. And there was an outpouring of people that were emailing us. They were commenting on the video. They were on the, on the, the Facebook Live, on the uh, Zoom call with us and everything that we were just loving this concept that Stephanie was talking about. And I think it's something that you know, a lot of events don't share. A lot of people don't talk about so much. It's kind of like behind the scenes, the, the actual like struggles that we go through, the vulnerability and things. So I wanted to bring her on the podcast today. We'll do a short one and talk about kind of where she is in the journey, give you guys an update. Uh, Stephanie's been on the podcast multiple times before. If you don't know her, you should by now. And, um, and just kind of talk about what her presentation is going to be like. So you guys, for those of you that didn't hang out with us for over two hours, you can just hear this kind of bite-sized chunk and find out. So Stephanie, welcome back to the podcast. I'm happy to talk to you today. Yay, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming. So um, let's, before we kind of jump into this, like what your plan is at Flip Hacking Live, what you're gonna talk about, um, if you could just update us a little bit about maybe like where you guys are, what you do, and how things are going this year for you guys. Okay, yeah. Um, so started off the year, um, with a huge change for our company. Um, I've been the COO for our company ever since its inception. And one of my goals, um, since starting was that one day I wanted to be in the owner's box. You know, we had all these ideas and I'll kind of talk about this a little bit. at Flip packing live too, but the original reason why we built this company was so we could have passive income with assets. Then we fast forward. That's real hard to do if you don't have a trust fund. So we, you know, started wholesaling and flipping to get more money to buy more, buy more rentals. And before we know it, we have this company. And then we said, well, what if we just make this company passive for us? We'll, we'll try to get in the owner's box and we'll run the company, you know, that way. Uh, and the, so the company will bring us some passive income. Um, so that was a huge, huge goal. Um, and two years ago, I set the goal to retire from my CO position and hired out. And January 1st this year, I did it. We hired a COO. So my year this year has been mostly made up of being a consultant in my own business. I spend a couple hours a week with my COO. We have the same page meeting and we have an ownership meeting every week where we review the finances and kind of high level issues. And, you know, once in a while deal with a specific issue that someone hasn't seen before. Um, but 
I've kind of transitioned in, in a really big way in that sense. And so I've been like, like I said, a consultant this year, and I've had the opportunity to, to spend more time on some passion projects that I'm working on that are all, you know, of course, affiliated with real estate, um, like Facebook marketing. We've talked about that before on the podcast. That, that's a huge passion of mine and CRM with, with Salesforce. Started up with um, Salesforce and have an app on there called Left Main. So that's been a big part of my, of my year. I've also done some some little consulting here and there out, you know, outside with other companies. And that's been fun. So I've just kind of been dabbling and, and playing just in my passion projects all year. It's kind of a cool thing. And the business has never been better, which is amazing. <laughs> you think that like you leave and it falls apart, but it's been built nice. And uh, the, this year, the business, you know, our real estate company will, will gross the most and net the most that it ever has since inception. Okay, so you actually like stepped out of the company and it's, you're saying it's making more money than it has before and it runs without you. And I've gotten to the point in my business where I was able to step out and we're just working a couple hours a week. I've seen Andy McFarland do it. But I also see a lot of people say like, that's not possible. Uh, it's, it's really hard to do. And I do think it, it, I've seen people try to do it and have some challenges. So like, I guess my question is, what, what did you do right there? And like, how were you able to do that in the business? Because what I saw is you hired these like, high paid COOs, high paid executives, a lot of times that crushes margin. Next thing you know, you're not making as much money or not making any money or losing money. So, and especially in a year like this year, like what are some of the things that you think attribute to that success for you? And if I'm stealing your answers and that's what you're gonna talk about at Full Packing Live, then just tell me to buy a ticket. Um, but there's probably some things that you've seen in this journey with other people too. And like, so what is this, the secret sauce that you guys have and, and what are your recommendations? So I'm definitely going to talk about this in depth because, you know, when you're talking about the entrepreneurial journey, this hiring and managing people is a huge, huge part of that. Um, and that's something I've had no idea to even anticipate when we first started. Um, so I kind of get into the details of that in my, in my presentation, but to answer your question, culture, culture has become the thing to obsess over and the thing to live and die by with, with our company and companies, you know, at this point. So that means that, you know, we have a vision for the business, right? And, and the vision of the business has to be something that's worth following, right? It can't just be about putting money in your pocket. Nobody's going to work for you just to put money in your pocket. You need to have a vision that's worth inspiring, that people want to be a part of, that people want to contribute to. And you as the owner and you as the person with the idea have to be willing to sh have people share in that credit, right? Of building it and want to give people a piece of that building of whatever it is that you're building, whatever it is that your goal is. And this creates just a wonderful culture because everybody's bought in, everybody's energized by where you're going with where, what this company is going to be. Um, you know, something really easy to example is like, you know, SpaceX, like that one thing we're going, we're going to the moon, we're going to space and we're going to build it, you know, whatever that vision is inspiring for everybody. That vision was not about Elon Musk being a billionaire. That vision was about accomplishing something about moving something and, 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 and the, the fellowship that it takes to get it there and how rewarding it is to work together. So, you know, when, when we, I think that we have, you know, an, a great vision of what we're doing here in our community and, and we try to we try to pick people who are who want to be part of something bigger themselves to come in and work with us, and then we we let them take the reins, you know, and that's terrifying. 
<laughs> uh, especially the first time you do it. But then when you have people who contribute, who add stuff that you've never thought about, who are smarter than you in certain places are better than you at certain things. And then all of a sudden, all the, the tide rises, the company does better. People are energized because they've, they've succeeded and they've contributed something and they've got that emotional paycheck out of it. You know, now the team starts building, you know, so with our COO, we didn't just hire an outside person. I, I do think that you can probably do it that way, but we hired from within, you know, we had, we had somebody come into our project management department who was a, a phenomenal culture fit, loved what, what our vision was and wanted to be a part of it. And then, then influenced the bottom line in that department In our project management department, he made it better. He made the systems better. He could see forward. Um, and, and he was truly on the same page as us. And it became a kind of a natural succession and the team responded really well to that. He was kind of seen as a leader on the team and collaborated really well with everybody. We, you know, we have these culture questions we ask when people join. So we're all like the same kind of people inside. And I mean, it, it literally couldn't have gone, couldn't have gone better. I don't think, you know, he was a great culture fit. He was a great leader. And, and I think that the overall feel of the company has always pointed in that direction, you know, of, of doing stuff together and for a better purpose, other than just the owners making money. You know, it reminds me of Peter Drucker quote. So he says, culture eats strategy for breakfast. It's one of my favorite quotes. It's just like, we're constantly looking for the tactics, the strategies, all that stuff. Uh, and we're not focusing on the culture. We're not focusing on building the, the right people, right? The, the people, I mean, I, I hate to say, we talk about systems so much, but people are ultimately the systems like human capital is the most important thing. And I think that's one thing that inside the seven figure flipping community that we've realized is that hiring those right people and putting them in the right seats, it, it's so important. And I love that, like culture eats strategy for breakfast is ingrained in my mind. Like I, it's very rare that I have a quote memorized, um, yeah. but that's one of them because it's just uh, constantly thinking about that culture piece. Do you think your exit strategy has anything to do with the profitability of your company this year and like what you guys are doing? Um, because I also see like these, you know, high volume wholesalers like me, I, our, our margins have gotten squeezed a bit. And I, I'll be the first one to say this year that I'm not having as good of a year as I've had in the past net wise, because a lot of our margins got squeezed with, um, we're still marketing about the same we are. It's a little bit tougher to find deals and stuff like that. So what are you seeing with like what you guys do and maybe touch on that a little bit of a shift that you've made recently on what you guys do possibly? So, you know, for, for us, we've, We've gone really heavy into multimodalities with marketing, meaning that we try to overlap and double dip people and, and hit them from different ways, right? So we get them with Facebook ads, with personalized letters. I mean, actually, that, that actually made a really big difference. We did personalized cards for people that look like greeting cards instead of um, yellow letters and things like that, because um, I think it's been overrun by that. So we did that. Um, we did, you know, voicemail drops and, and cold calls and things like that. And, and I think that people, we started having a presence here and a reputation for being like reasonable and kind and professional to work with. And then from there, we really tried to expand our buyers list. Um, you know, when, when, the corona, when the coronavirus hit, I, my opinion on the avatar of our homeowners that would reach out for our services I, th I, th I thought it would change. You know, I thought that the landlords would be scared, like the, the old timey landlords, the people who have a portfolio, who maybe are, are nearing retirement now and are scared to lose their investment and maybe can't afford to not go without rent. So I figured those people would pick up. 
And then I also thought that people with deeper pockets who want tax write-offs and are scared of the upcoming election are gonna wanna buy. So we hit those two avatars pretty hard um, and our margins went up and we did more deals. So um, th this is the collaboration that I love. So I get to just kind of kind of talk strategy based on experience now and see the team rise to the occasion. And we added more buy and hold investors. We added more people who, you know, with, with high net worth that were interested in, in savings and taxes. You know, we were 1031 exchanges are kind of threatened with the upcoming, upcoming election and the cost segregation Like we're coming down, you know, we're getting to the tail end of that. We don't know if that's going to be renewed, you know, so getting some, some units in service um, for those types of people was important. And we had a couple kind of portfolio hedge fund buyers who are still buying and we made some good relationships with them. Uh, and then, you know, once we, once we knew what our buyer was going to look like, um, we could adjust, you know, adjust our seller avatar a little bit and, and be a little more focused, targeted and like layered, you know, get them a whole bunch of different ways, like stacking with different marketing channels to get them in. Yeah, you know, so if everybody's listening, hopefully you see the fact that this is a very strategic way of doing business. When you look and see what's coming or what we're in right now, when we hit a pandemic like that, like we got together as in my company and said, okay, what's changing? What's shifting? Like who's going to keep buying? And then as the time went on, it's like, okay, who's still buying? Who's not buying? Why aren't they buying? Number one, how can we educate them to make sure that they know that they need to keep buying? Like you're a full-time real estate investor. If you stop buying, you're not going to feel it right now, but in three months you are. And I would say, I actually sent them a bunch of resources like podcasts that I was listening to and some other things and some experts and just kind of went to a more educational side. Same with my lenders, did the same thing with the lenders. And I think it really paid off, especially when the stock market tanked and I knew they weren't going to sell and take their money out of the stock market. And I would never recommend them to do that. But three, four months later, I was able to send them an email and say, how did that feel? And now it's back up. And they can say, oh, it didn't feel good. I don't want that to happen again. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to invest with you guys in real estate. And so a lot of these things just kind of being a lot more strategic instead of kind of like uh, ready, fire, aim type stuff where you're, you're saying, okay, what's possible? And then you're going to come up with some hypothesis. You're going to test it. And then you're going to make adjustments as you go. So, all right. Um, we could obviously talk about marketing and this stuff. What's that? I was just say that's right. You've got to take the information and make the best decision you know to do, and you just got to go for it. And and there's a lot. There was a lot of fear when they shut down. They shut down North Carolina completely. You know, there's a lot of fear, and we just said, nope. We've got to make a move. <laughs> Let's make it. Yep. So. And that's hard to do. It's hard to look into the wave and say, keep going. Uh, our our EOS coach said, um, uh, you need to be a buffalo. He said, be a buffalo. Buffaloes run into the storm. And yeah. cows run away from the storm. So his, his whole thing when we did our quarterly meeting was like, he showed this picture of a buffalo in this lightning storm and thunderstorm. He's like, be a buffalo. So uh, now that's, that's kind of like the running joke that we have throughout the year so far. We're like buffaloes. We run into the storm. We don't run away from it. So, <laughs> and I know that we were talking about like um, uh, Forrest Gump and like being on the shrimp boat. And they're the only ones into the storm. Him and Lieutenant Dan were in the storm going through it all. And then when it came up, all the other boats were on the, on the shore and everybody else was out there and they're catching all the shrimp. Like there's so many shrimp, they couldn't catch any shrimp before that, right? And that so I remember I did We met too. We were literally like, we're gonna be bubblegum. This is what we're yep. gonna do. Yep. Yeah, we did this like uh, webinar where I was like showing pictures of that stuff. And I mean, that's, that's exactly what we did. We, we marketed through it. And I'm happy to say that like, I know a lot of people that just kind of stopped buying, stopped, shut things down and are now going like, oh, I wish I had more houses. Well. Uh, you didn't put in the time during then. And that's what marketing is. It pays off later, right? It's like putting in 
time and, and money right now for a future payoff. So, all right, we can talk, we definitely talk about marketing all day, you and I. Uh, let's shift to kind of Flip Hacking Live. So what are the things that, um, what are you gonna share there and, and why should people kind of come check you out on stage? So what I'm gonna try to bring is, is a little bit of a different perspective. And, and this is, it's a little bit vulnerable, but this is my reality, right? This is my journey through building a company and kind of starting this as a, a participant, right? Like, like a sideline, like kind of got, not, I don't want to say dragged into it, but this wasn't my idea, right? This was my husband's idea to start this real estate company. And it scared the crap out of me. Um, I had a lot of fear in the beginning. We had a young family. We had a lot of student loan debt. We had just graduated grad school. I was excited to start my medical career. And, you know, he comes at me with this big idea and it's not like a normal idea. This is like, honey, we're going to do this. And I'm like, oh my God, how, what? And I, so I, I kind of come at it from that perspective where I involuntarily get like thrust into this world and I want to be supportive. I want to be, you know, I want to be a good wife. I want to share in, in that dream. And, and he did, he inspired me. And I was like, okay, eventually I was like, all right, when am I going to, how do I know when the right time to jump is? You know, so talk a little bit about that, like how I kind of made a, made a bet on if this happens, then we'll do it. And then it happened and we did it. Right. So it kind of takes me, it's my, my perspective as growing through the journey as a kind of like a first, like a non-voluntary participant to then a partner right in it. And I was, I became, we became partners in the business. And then we, you know, transitioned where now I was running the business, um, the day to day when I was a COO and then for me starting my own businesses and, and not, you know, aside from my husband and kind of like the whole journey through that and really the key points that really propelled my learning forward and my character changes and my identity changes throughout the whole thing, you know? So I tried to come up with really what the key points were that brought me from a really scared person in the beginning to the one now with ideas, the one now that retired from the main company and started three others, you know, and what that journey looked like. And I certainly didn't have any business degree, right? It was a very much an evolution through it from, from, um, from my perspective. And I think that brings some value because I think that, you know, the real estate investors tend to be men and, I think that the journey for the spouse along the way is under-documented, under-talked about. And I think that the, the relationship with your spouse becomes one of the most difficult things to, to wrap up in the journey, right? To, to somehow make that work because the entrepreneurial journey is such an all-in thing that for me, and this is you know, my experience, that became kind of like a surprise twist, like, whoa, how do we like have a relationship and this business and how are, we're so stressed, we have everything all on the line, how do we cope with that in our personal lives? And, you know, is there a line between business and personal lives, right? Like this really became something I had to figure out uh, with him and we struggled, like it was not easy. I, you know, made a ton of mistakes. And I've learned a lot too. And I really feel like some of the things that we've done along the way have helped us um, be successful. And in the end, you know, that was really important to me. Um, so that, that piece, I feel no matter who you are, you know, you have a significant other that's kind of involved if you're married or not. And that personal life piece of building your company and, and your, and your own entrepreneurial journey 
that piece I feel like is so under talked about. So I really wanted to bring that to Flipecking Live and kind of, first of all, normalize it a little bit because as soon as I talk about this with anybody else, they're like, oh yeah, no, we went through the same thing but no one talks about it. So I feel like a freak over here, like struggling or not knowing how to cope. And, and here they are, everyone else is in their silent secret, you know, pain. So I think talking about it from, from the wife's perspective is hopefully going to be meaningful to the husbands out there who are trying to gather their wives on their journey and also to the wives that are already on the journey, you know, and, and kind of normalize what that looks like and, and um, talk about it in more of a, a vulnerable way and also kind of kind of a strategic way too. Like, hey, these are some of the things that really helped me and, and some key points along the way that changed me so that maybe other people can look out for those things too and, and organize their business, personal life so that they can do this without feeling like they're falling off a cliff. Because <laughs> it does feel that extreme. I don't know, maybe I'm the only one, but it's a pretty intense journey. No, it is for sure. And you, you said something, you said it's this all in journey of entrepreneurship, it seems, and it really is. And I, I think it is for the people who really get like pulled in and sucked into that journey. Right. Because I mean, we use, we use the term in the military voluntold, like you've been yes. voluntold <laughs> to do something. And it's, yeah. as I was hearing you start this off, it's, it sounds kind of like what happened to you. Yeah. You were like, yeah. well, I didn't really volunteer for this, but I'm kind of in it now. Right. I'm living in it. Yeah. And I didn't realize actually that it was that way. Like we have, I, I didn't realize that you just were like, all right, it was Zach's idea. And you're like, fine, I'm in. Like, I don't really like almost like kicking and screaming. It sounds like in the beginning of like, I'm not really sure that this is for me. Like, I'm really excited about the career that we're about to start. And now you're already distracting me. And I kind of, as I listen to this and I know you, like I met you guys pretty much in Nashville when you joined seven figure flipping, like the seven figure altitude group now. And you guys came in there like bright eyed, bushy tailed, and you were already, you're in the community. So I'd always see you post in like the house we formula groups and stuff, but you just, I still remember seeing that Facebook post when you guys left of all these notes and you posted, you're like on the way home, you're like, we built out our whole business plan and we're blowing this thing up and here's our notes if anybody wants them. And you just always been givers, but it just, the Stephanie betters that I knew from the beginning was this, like, seemed to be this go-getter, a go-getter, go like entrepreneur, I'm going to take over the world thing. And it's almost, it sounds like, I wonder how Zach feels now. He like created this monster of like, <laughs> this like entrepreneurial, like uh, savant, basically. Like you can, uh, I, I'm just constantly amazed with the different things that you're doing and what you're creating and all that stuff. And while still, you know, practicing medicine, still uh, giving back to the community, raising three kids, all the stuff that you guys do is, is really, really amazing. And you do it with a smile on your face and you never really see any of the it's like the duck on the pond. You don't see what's going on underneath the, the surface. And I think a lot of the challenge that other people have is, is nobody actually shares the, like under the water of yeah. the duck or under the, the water level of the iceberg. You've seen those charts and things and that you know 80 to 90% of what goes on is under the surface. And I think that's what we're really gotten good at as a community over the past few years is sharing a lot of that. Like my accountability group this morning, we I was sharing, I shared some, real deep struggles that I'm going through right now. And those are my people that I was in the trust tree. I was in the nest and I was like, I'm going to share some stuff with you guys um, that nobody else really knows because I'm showing up and I'm at a 30% on my, on my week. And here's why, here's what's going on. I need some help. And we actually spent 30 minutes afterwards, a, a couple people uh, praying together. They were praying over me. And it's just amazing to have that kind of support and that kind of community. So I realized I just shared a lot there, but like we've definitely created this exact 
threw you in, created this entrepreneurial monster. Uh, you were kind of voluntold in the beginning. And I, I didn't even really realize it because when I met you, you guys were already kind of like starting to, but you, you were launching, right? You were ready to take off and kind of turn up the dial. So um, I think that like what you said is so powerful. Like sh if you share that, you share some of the struggles, other people can know what to look out for. Their right. journey is likely going to be different, but there might be some telltale factors to say, hey, I remember Stephanie talking about this. We got to look out for this. Let's prepare for that. Let's talk about that before it happens, you know, especially as a couple. So we don't get way down the road and go, oh my gosh, like how did we end up here? We made a wrong turn back there. So right. we see that a lot, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really what I what I want to do here. I really want to share, you know, what it what the behind the closed doors looks like when you're building something. You know what I mean? And something that I don't even I, I honestly think I don't know if Justin Williams said this or who said this, but you know, along the way, like I've had these little like sound bites that have really stuck in my head. And like, I could cry telling you like that these things have stuck with me for like years. And I'm like, that's my one like phrase of encouragement. Like I know I can move on because of this thing that I heard, you know? So I'm, I'm hoping that I can put like just more of those positive sound bites out into the world for people to maybe relate to and, and hold on to. And I'll tell you one, I, I don't think I've ever told anybody this before, but um, I don't know. I, like I said, I wish I could remember who said it because it was so impactful, but they literally said, whatever the quote, whoever it was said, you are not allowed to quit until you've wanted to quit 100 times. So make a chart and count how many times that you want to quit. And you are not allowed until you get to that hundredth time. And once you get to that hundredth time and you want to quit, then you can actually quit. And I probably got up to like 60. Like, I, there has been so many times I'm like, this is ridiculous. What are we sacrificing? What am I doing? What, you know, why do I even think I can do this? Do I deserve this? Can I even physically humanly do it? Can I emotionally do it? You know, what am I, what am I actually doing here? This is hard. This is all those negative things in your head, you know, and I've literally wanted to quit 60 something times. I threw away my, my tally marks and I wanted to quit a lot more in the beginning, but once you, once you kind of get some momentum, you don't want to quit as much, but you still want to quit even when you have freaking momentum because we're terrible to ourselves in our head. And so much of it is about the mindset and just absolute refusal to quit, refusal to be defeated. You know, someone said, oh, Stephanie, you're an optimist. I'm like, I'm, I'm an optimist, but I refuse to be defeated. So like, if there's some, some crap happening, I will fix it because I refuse to quit now. So now I feel like I should probably take a, take, make a chart of all the times I refuse to quit. And it's going to be a lot more than 60, right? So I think that, that commitment, that just sheer, I'm going to figure this out. I'm bad at a lot. I'm good at a couple things and I'm just going to figure it out. And that's one of the things that I ended up, you know, with my identity now, like something that I, you know, tell myself when things are hard, if, even if it's exercising, even when I'm running, I, my, my mind quits before my body quits. And it's the same thing with business. Like I doubt myself first and, bef and that that's what makes me want to quit, not my actual capabilities of doing something. So that's part of my identity now is that like, I am somebody who can figure it out. I may not know right away. I may not know right that second, but I will figure it out. And that like little nugget kind of just crystallized in me, I think through this whole thing. And I, I hope I can put that out for somebody else that like, you don't have to be a genius. You don't, you, no one's naturally gifted at anything. Everything takes a little bit of grit and commitment and then just the refusal to be defeated, you know? I get all that's fired it. up now. I know, me too. <laughs> and, and, you know, 
it, it, it's, first of all, it sounds like something Justin would say. Um, so it's probably good to give credit to him because I've heard very similar things and pep talks that he's given, especially in the early uh, times of me in seven figure flipping. And um, I, I think that you're right. That mindset piece is so important because I've run quite a few marathons and I know at there's walls that you hit along that way. And I know, I mean, there's, there's people out there running 50 miles, hundred miles, and I'm not in very good running shape right now, but I bet my body can go out and run 26.2 miles. Uh, but my mind cannot right now. It's going to tell me you know, the stories that we tell ourselves in our head are so important. We're so, we're so negative. We're so bad to ourselves. Like uh, I remember Walter, Walter Bond, I think the first year he said, do you ever think about what you think about? And I was like, what? Like, and he said it again. And I was like, okay, this is pretty profound because that is, that's the problem. It's the stories that we're telling in our head. We're constantly beating ourselves up. Like we're, we're doing all that stuff. All right. And we, like, look, I, I think this presentation is going to be amazing. And this is just one of 24 of them. So I'm really excited about it. And if you guys don't have your tickets, go to flippackinglive.com, grab your tickets. And, um, and That's if you, <laughs> what's that? I've got so much more to say. <laughs> I know. I know. We, I, I, I told Stephanie, I was like, look, we got to keep this short. I want, we're right up before Flip Hacking Live. We got to keep the podcast short. I've got some other appointments. Um, we could talk for another hour about this stuff for sure. But okay. this is a little taste of what you're going to get at the event. So go to flippackinglive.com, get your ticket. And, um, and if you're, uh, we, we've got a lot of like frequently asked questions that you guys are asking over and over and over again. And it's, if I'm married, do we each have to have a ticket? And I'm just going to answer that right now. So everybody hears it. You don't have to email Vanessa and myself over and over. Um, if you guys want to watch together, perfectly fine. You get one login, you get one box, like we're sending out one swag box to the house. Um, so you get one experience. If you want to watch them separately, um, and you each go on your own experience, your own breakout sessions, you can sign up for your own like a one-on-one -on -one coaching in the VIP section, like that kind of stuff. Like you can each have your own login, each buy a ticket and you'll get, you'll each get a box. You'll each get a swag box. You'll each be able to go through your own experience, your own breakouts, ask, your, ask different questions. On the dashboard, we're putting up different questions. It's interactive. You're playing games. We're doing all kinds of stuff at this event. So you'll go through your own experience. So either way is perfectly fine with us. It's no problem. I just want you to know, like I recommend that everybody go through their own individual journey. And, and your own like path through that, especially if you're uh, like, I think somebody is like probably goes to a breakout session and shares something different than the other spouse would. So just think about that. Um, perfectly fine. Either way for us, we're not going to force you. Like if we see two people on a computer, we're not going to shut you down or anything, uh, stuff like that. Um, but just think about what that journey looks like for you over the three days. And uh, like, I know that I, when I go to events, I want my own experience. I don't want a shared experience, but like I said, it's perfectly fine for you guys. I think this is one presentation that it would be awesome if you guys have individual kind of like experiences and journeys um, during that presentation. So it's going to be, we're going to be doing some interactive stuff um, and having some fun together. So I can't wait. Like almost like a little over two weeks to go now. I'm like giddy and Stephanie lives in North Carolina. So I'm sure we're going to be seeing each other. So it's going to be awesome. And I don't know, we'll talk about it, Stephanie. Maybe you're coming into the studio. Maybe you're not. We'll talk about it, but I'm you're more sure than the welcome. studio is right next to my office. Then, then you're coming for sure. Just walk on over. So, uh, all right, flippackinglive.com, get your tickets. Uh, there's, I have a bunch of questions here that I didn't get to, but we ran out of time. Stephanie, I love you. You're amazing. And make sure you say thank you to Zach for uh, voluntelling you to come into this uh, <laughs> entrepreneur journey, this uh, real estate investing side of things. Because 
honestly, like you're a huge impact to the community. You've helped so many people from Facebook marketing to consulting to all the different things that you're doing right now. It's just amazing. And everybody inside the seven figure flipping community, like you, you've given back so much. And I, I, I love it when I talk to Terry, he's like, I just talked to Stephanie, man. Every time she talks, it's just like, she's just dropping gold all over. Like I have pages and pages of notes. Like I just need to talk to her more often. So, um, you guys really have cool changed my life. This group has changed my life completely. So I, well, I owe you guys everything. You're preaching to the choir there. Like me too. Uh, it's just, uh, it's unbelievable when, um, but you know, you put in the effort, you put in the time, you put in the energy, you did the work. Um, and you also put in the time to the group. Like you were constantly asking questions. You were sucking information from there. You were using every single second possible to, to grab it. And a lot of people come in and they're like, okay, what do you have for me? Like, where is it? Here, my hands are out, fill them up. And there's, there's definitely a way to be successful here and a way not to be successful inside of a mastermind group too. And you guys took advantage of it. And I think that's, that's what I see a lot of people that, that do take advantage of it. They, they skyrocket. And some of those that are just like, gimme, 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 take, take, take. It's a big difference there, right? So yeah. All right. Go to fullbackinglive.com, get your tickets. Stephanie, thank you so much for being on and I will see you in a couple weeks. All right. All right. Bye. All right. I think we can all agree now how amazing Stephanie Betters is. Every time I've talked to her, it's, I just love it. So we could have talked for hours and hours and hours. If I didn't have another call, we probably would have. So we kept the podcast short. We got about 30 minute podcast there. Uh, get you excited about what she's going to speak about, about Flippacking, at Flippacking Live. Go to flippackinglive.com, grab your tickets. You don't want to wait. Look, October 5th, this Monday at midnight, the prices are going to go up again. The prices are going to go up again. And we're not going to be able to get you your swag box in time for the event, most likely. We're going to ship out this box of stuff that you can use during the event. There's some goodies in there. There's some stuff that you're going to not know why we sent it to you until you're at the event and you understand it. There's a lot of cool things that we're doing for this event to make it a virtual experience. This like 360 degree experience, some things that you can touch and feel and, and understand and use during the presentation. And we're going to be presenting from the studio right there in Charlotte, North Carolina, where Stephanie and Zach are, and we're going to be streaming it to you. So don't wait. Go to flippackinglive.com. Grab your ticket. The ticket prices are going up in just a couple days. It's already October. I know that it's a virtual event. You think you can wait till the last minute and you can. However, the prices are going to go up and you're not going to get your box until after the event. So we want to send them to you. We've ordered, we order a ton ahead of time to make sure that you've got one. So don't wait until after October 5th. So right now, don't wait, like put the phone down, turn it off, Go to flippackinglive.com, open up a new link in your browser, flippackinglive.com and grab your ticket and lock in the price right now before it goes up on October 5th. And that way we can send you a box, get you all the goodies, get you all set up just like everybody else and get you into the Facebook group, into our Facebook community because all the ticket holders can jump into our Flippacking Live Facebook group. And we're calling, we're, we're dialing sellers live right now to try to close deals live in there. We are talking about different marketing channels that are working and we're going through like deal analysis and, and talking about those stuff. We're doing trainings in there. We are launching this event, has already started. It started 30 days prior when we launched the Facebook group. Don't miss out, jump in there ahead of the event and get going. Network, get on people's buyers list, network with other people, find out who's in your area and watching, uh, watching it with you. Uh, meet up with them afterwards, meet up with them before, have breakfast, do whatever you guys wanna do. But that Facebook group is on fire right now and I don't want you to miss it. So go to flippackinglive.com, grab your ticket. Don't wait till the prices go up on October 5th and I want to get you that box. So I'll see you guys there and on the next podcast. Bye. Hey, it's Bill again. And I want to personally invite you to our biggest event of the year, Flip Hacking Live. If you could copy the exact deal sources, marketing strategies, negotiation tactics, and business systems of the most successful house flippers and wholesalers in the nation, 
How would that change your business? Flip Hacking Live is a three-day event that we do just once per year, and it's happening October 15th through the 17th. We bring in the nation's top wholesalers and house flippers to walk you through everything they're doing, how they're marketing directly to sellers, how they're picking up discounted off-market properties, how they're doubling their close ratio with the right negotiation tactics, how they're raising millions of dollars in private money, the things they're doing that other investors aren't doing, all of it. These are the guys and gals who are actively doing deals at a high volume in today's market all across the country. You get their full attention for three days. They have agreed to hold nothing back and you'll be right there with them so you can ask questions and get clarification on anything that you need. This is your chance to hack the nation's top flippers and wholesalers and ethically steal their exact strategies and systems. All you have to do is take notes, ask questions, and apply what you learn. But first, you need to get a ticket. We've sold out every year and ticket prices go up every few months. So go to fliphackinglive.com right now and get your tickets today. Fliphackinglive.com, October 15th through the 17th. This is an event that you cannot afford to miss.